Welcome to Pod Trivia, the podcast where we restarted because we weren't funny enough the first time. <laughs> I'm your host, Britton. I'm Kyle. And I'm Beck. No, the, the intro did change this time, which means I think we can interrupt Becky during the first five minutes of the podcast. Well. Yeah, the first, for the listeners, the first introduction was Britton saying this is the podcast where Britton and Kyle will try to not interrupt Becky for the first five minutes. It wasn't a big promise, but I'll be real. I didn't believe it anyway. <laughs> it's It's all about baby steps. You have to yeah. climb the side of the hill before you can reach the top of the mountain. I love the two of you lecturing me about um, baby steps. Tell me more. You take small steps because <laughs> you're not that tall. <laughs> this is our New Year's resolution oh. is Britton and I are going to interrupt you less on the podcast. That's not true. Mine was to try and learn Spanish. Kyle, I think you said, I don't know, you wanted to do a cartwheel. I don't remember. <laughs> I think I I said that I don't. I, I think I said something snarky like I I don't plan to do resolutions because I'm already great or something like that. No, well that's not true. So understandable. All right, guys, this is a better intro than the previous one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sorry, we're always funny. Mm-hmm. This is not unusual. <laughs> hey Becky, what are we talking about today? So today we are going to talk about the McDonald's Monopoly scam. And yes. to kick us off, we are going to do some just general McDonald's trivia. Um, but first, I want to ask you guys, when you were a kid, what was your top fast food restaurant? Britain? I think it was McDonald's and Arby's, the beef Arby's. and cheddar. Arby's is disgusting. You're disgusting. Beef and cheddar. As a kid, I would probably say my favorite fast food restaurant was McDonald's. And the reason is just because of the fries. Because McDonald's salts their fries the correct amount. And when I say the correct amount, I mean way too much. As a teenager into adulthood... I grew into the the taste of In-N-Out over McDonald's, and I would still say In-N-Out is the much superior fast food option. Some of us plebeians up here in Washington <laughs> weren't able to eat In-N-Out every day of our life like we'd like to. Yeah, I know. It is the worst thing about living in Washington is the fact that the nearest In-N-Out is like Portland, Oregon, and that you'd have to drive over three hours to get to In-N-Out. Portland, Oregon is also the, where the closest Fuddruckers is. Fuddruckers not that good in my opinion. Get out. I'm quitting this. I'm leaving. Fuddruckers isn't that good. There was a day. I'm so mad. There was I don't want to do this anymore. There was a day (laughs) in the spring where we had like been in quarantine for like two or three months. And I was like, Kyle, should we both call in sick and go to Oregon to go to In-N-Out? And we really thought about it and we didn't end up doing it. Um, partially because crossing state borders had implications <laughs> for having to quarantine after, but we really did think about it. It was tempting. I once had Fuddruckers for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for a week straight. This explains a lot about you. What were you at? Like, were you in Vegas or something? We were in Vegas. We had a cheer competition there, and in our hotel casino was a Fuddruckers, and it was just so delicious that. I had to get them burgers. 
There's so many food options in Vegas that, but I like that you were just like, I don't want anything else. This is it. I mean, I can't get it here in Washington, so I had to <laughs> satisfy my cravings. Uh-huh. I, I uh-huh. get that actually. I do get that. I I will say, I think Fuddruckers is okay, but I think Fuddruckers is like a bad version of Five Guys, and like Five Guys is just a very bad version of In and Out. So I like Five Guys. I do too. Yeah, it's so good. All right. But it's not fast food. Well, so. this has been no. fast food opinions with um boys. Um All right, we are going to jump into some McDonald's trivia. Do either of you know what um kind of food McDonald's initially began their restaurants ser- began serving? Salads. No. Uh, I'm just going to say hamburgers. No. Chicken, fried chicken. No. Pancakes. Uh, I'm I'm enjoying this continuous guessing. Um but Oh, it's like it was like diner food, right? No. It was barbecue to begin with. Oh. We watched a movie about McDonald's people. I thought you were gonna know that, Kyle. That's a quality movie. Who's in that movie? Who's the guy? Is it it's not is it Tom Hanks? I don't know. Things I don't know what movie you're talking about. We watched a movie. No, it's not Tom Hanks. It's that white guy who's in all the sports movies. Um Mark Wahlberg. Mm, no the rock the older one the one who's like always the coach um anyway so we watched a andy dick mcdonald's movie i think kyle is googling it and he's gonna let us know i wasn't but i can you were just on your phone he was just texting i i had just gotten a ring notification so i was like what the heck is who's at our door Hold on. mcdonald's movie we literally watched this like a month ago i don't know how it's not in your brain White guy. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, you could search it without the term white guy. Are you, are you talking about Michael Keaton? Yeah. Michael Keaton is like not in any sports movies. And you watched that alone. I didn't watch it with you. It's called Founder. You didn't watch it with me? I've never watched this movie before, so I'm going to say no. He's in Beetlejuice. That's a sports movie. <laughs> is it though? He's in, he's in Batman. Um. And... Bats are in baseball. So funny. In my head, he was a coach. Anyways, he could play a coach. All right, let's move on. This has been us checking IMDb on the air. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Do either of you know what inspired McDonald's first drive-thru? Was it it the Spanish flu? No. (laughs) No. McDonald's wasn't around during the Spanish flu. What the heck? When do you think the Spanish flu was? Uh, let's I don't five. So McDonald's <laughs> wanted to make a no, drive through. No, 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 no. Give us a guess, Britain. Um, eighteen sixty-two. Okay, that's that's closer than I thought you were going to be. But there weren't McDonald's around in the eighteen sixties. Who's to say? Okay, that's up for debate. All right, so do either of you have guesses? I'm going to guess that it was like drive through movie theaters. Good guess, but no. The rise of the automobile. No. It was the military. So their uh. first drive through was near a military base. And at the time, soldiers were not allowed to get out of their cars wearing their fatigues. I think that's how you pronounce it. But it's yeah. their camouflage gear. Um, and so McDonald's wanted to find a way to feed them, like either going to the base or coming home and like would see these people driving by and like heard people in the community talking about like, oh, like I have to go home. Like I can't, 
stop at these restaurants because I'm in these clothes. And they were like, well, if they could stay in their cars, we could feed them and would make a whole bunch of money. So that is where their first drive through came from. All right. Do you guys think there are more hospitals or McDonald's in the United States? I'm Mc- sure there's more McDonald's than there are hospitals. I would also like to put my vote in for McDonald's. <laughs> yep. There are about 1.5 times more McDonald's than hospitals in the U.S. That makes sense. How much is that in um, land area, though? 75. All right. It is rumored that McDonald's Coke is the best tasting Coke ever, that it tastes better than grocery store Coke or 7-Eleven Coke. Do you guys think that it is any different than other Coke? I don't know about Coke, but McDonald's Sprite is the best Sprite. And that is fact-checked by myself. Uh Uh-huh. Sprite hits differently. That's a good sample size. This is an interesting um, answer to a question I did not ask. Kyle, what would you like to weigh in with? As somebody who worked at a McDonald's Uh and saw the drink machine, it's, it's just Coke. That's not the question, though. It's just normal Coke. There's but, no difference. But the process of it coming out of the McDonald's funnel <laughs> right. fundamentally changes its right. atomic structure so- into tasting better <laughs> because the McDonald's structure is in the form of a pyramid, which oh, then no. changes. Oh, we're going back. back. <laughs> uh, I'm getting better at these callback things. All right. So it is different. Boom. Roasted. Coke and granted... I believe Sprite is owned by Coke, so it is possible that yes. this fits into this. The The article I read only mentioned Coke, though. Um, it is delivered to McDonald's in stainless steel tanks. Mm. And that is the only vendor that Coke delivers it to that way. That's the way that it used to be delivered. Everywhere else, it is delivered in plastic bags and being in stainless steel tanks helps to preserve the flavor and so that is why they believe that it tastes so much better i like that i now have truth to my made-up acclamation declaration i mean it makes sense if you're you know transporting coke that way that you would transport all coke products that way so i wouldn't be surprised if if sprite fits into that yeah yeah Hmm. All right, so we are going to get into the McDonald's Monopoly scam. Um, Kyle and I watched the documentary McMillions earlier this year. Britton, have you seen it or heard about the scam? It sounds like something far in the back of my memory pre-COVID times when I had more things to focus on. But no, it doesn't. I don't know it exactly. Okay, um, do either of you have memories of the Monopoly game at McDonald's from right. your childhood? Yes. Oh, heck yeah. My parents that, would that play. That was like the thing whenever we would go to a McDonald's is I would be like, Mom, no, we have to get at least a medium fry because the medium fry comes with the Monopoly tickets and the small fry doesn't. And then I think they've changed that since then. And now the small fry, I think, also comes with one Monopoly ticket. But you had to get a medium fry back in the day. It, it mattered. Kyle, when you worked at McDonald's, was there ever a Monopoly um, game going on that you remember? Gosh, there must have been because I worked there for a year. Well, what year? 2010 to 2011. Yeah, it's possible, but it's not necessarily. We'll, we'll get into the how long it right. went on kind of a thing. 
Um, so speaking of, it started in the late 80s and was very popular through the 90s. And overall, do you guys want to take a guess for how much money was scammed? So much. You're not incorrect, Britain, but I was looking for a number. You know how I feel about these number questions. I don't know if you've heard of numbers, Britain, in how your about, work. How about you turn this into a fun multiple choice real quick on the fly? Okay. Um, I'm going to do something slightly different. More okay. or less than 15 million? More. More. More or less than 20 million? More. More or less than 25 million. More. I'm going to say less. Yeah, it's 24 million. Yeah. Gambling. Yes. Granted, you know, they, they did some good investigative work and they found out most of the people involved, but it is possible there was more scammed. But that is the, right. the number the FBI believes was scammed out of this. All right, so here's how the scam worked. McDonald's hired Simon Marketing to execute their Monopoly game. And Simon Marketing had done various other kinds of marketing ploys. Um, You heard Kyle describe it, you know. It makes children want bigger sizes of fries and to come in more frequently. Um, And when people made purchases, they came with Monopoly stickers that would give you various prizes. Many of them were things like a free drink or free fries or half off a burger, something like that. Hash browns. Yes. Oh, the hash browns Mm. are the best. I haven't had a hash brown in so long. I haven't had a McDonald's hash brown in a while. We should make that happen. I haven't had McDonald's in so long. We should should make some at home, hon. No. Why not? Because the hash browns will not arrive in a stainless steel container. Accurate. They're not going to taste the same. I bet we can make them taste better. All right. Okay. That's not possible. So a lot of them were very small prizes, but of course there were the highly advertised big ticket items where you could win up to a million dollars. Boardwalk and Park Place. Gosh. (laughs) Um. So enter Jerome Jacobson. Jerome. Jingleheimer Schmidt. <laughs> Known as Uncle Jerry to many. Uncle Jerry. I was waiting to see if, if we needed to yell that name too. Okay. So he worked for Simon Marketing and was in charge of overseeing the production of these tickets and transporting the important um, big winner tickets as well. And when he was carrying these tickets, he was constantly accompanied by an outside auditor, someone else whose job it was to make sure that nothing got stolen or misplaced or anything like that. And this went on for several years. And um, as far as they could tell in the early years and what he said when he eventually um, was arrested is that he, he didn't do anything for the first couple of years. But then in the mid-90s, the popularity of this went up. And McDonald's was like, if we do, because um, initially the prices were just up to like a couple thousand dollars. And they were like, if we do a million dollars, like we're just going to, you know, I don't know, maybe triple revenue or something. They were, they were hoping for a big um, return. And at that point, he started to make a plan because he was like, this is too much money to not try to get some of so at that point, it was a female. Um, yeah. In accounting, you learn about the fraud triangle, which oh, is a good triangle. Yeah, you have there's the 
You have to have opportunity to take it. Mm-hmm. You have to have a motive, like yeah. a reason why. Yeah. And then you have to have a third thing that's important. And if you have mm-hmm. all three, then you it's likely <laughs> fraud will be committed. <laughs> I think Kyle's going to Google what the third one is. I love that you interrupted me to tell me the three facts of fraud and you knew two of them. Like if you just had it mentioned there were three, we just would have been like, oh, the two things you need for I'm fraud. I'm not trying to put out false information. Excellent, There's three excellent. things. Maybe it's not a triangle. Maybe it's just two parallel lines. It's a straight line. The fraud triangle is opportunity. Uh-huh. Yeah, I said that. Pressure. Oh. And rationalization. Rationalization. So pressure is along lines of motive or yeah. the reason why. Yes. And then rationalization is where you're like, no, no, it's fine because. Yeah. I- See, and that one's weird. So that's why I didn't remember it. Sure. So like they talked about like he was in charge of overseeing these and they this article i don't know where they got this information i was trying to see if they knew this for sure but they were like he made around 70 grand a year and like over and over again carrying like a million dollar ticket probably like mounted that pressure like you're saying where it's like i have so much money potentially um and that was probably his reasoning for it too all right so um at this point he was assigned a female auditor so she would go with him to the um, the factory. Sorry, I lost the word factory. Um, where they were being produced, he would pick up the briefcase with the sealed tickets. She would accompany him to the airport where they would fly to different locations where they would be distributed. So these tickets are the little things that you pull off of the hash browns? Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. And specifically, he would pick up and then distribute the the million dollar or the half million dollar the or car. a couple of grand the car yeah like the big big ticket items and he himself would be in charge of putting them on the food um or on the sorry not on the food but on the packaging at the yeah. plants that the various plants they would go around to different ones so like oh one's going to be in the northeast and one's going to be on the west coast whatever to make sure they didn't pull a Michael Scott and put them all on the same pallet going to the <laughs> exactly. same place. Exactly. All right. So um, he did this for a while. And then he eventually realized that the one place she didn't accompany him, of course, was the men's bathroom at the airport. And because he um, had to have the case with him at all times, I can't remember if it was like literally handcuffed to him. But anyways, he had it with him. I believe it was. Yeah. He would go into the bathroom And he slowly gathered up the supplies he would need to be able to open the tickets, to open the briefcase, open the sealed tickets, take them out, replace them with lower level tickets, and then reseal the containers with a supply of seals that he was able to get at the plants. That sounds complicated. Agreed. To do in the time of a regular bowel movement. Yeah, many questions about the timing and like all of that. But I mean, obviously he did it, so. Yep. Okay, so he knew, of course, that if he were to claim all these prizes, that would look very suspicious and he would get caught very quickly. So he, along with a group of people that he slowly started getting involved, other co-conspirators, recruited various people to claim the prizes and in return would pay them some of the money. Um, For instance, at one point, his butcher claimed a $200,000 ticket piece 
and in exchange, Jerry gave him 45 grand. I would have had I been a butcher <laughs> who had just won $200,000. Uh-huh. I would have pieced out with $200,000. Mhm. Like well, what are the police going to do? Yes, but if I remember correctly from the documentary Becky, and if you're going to get to this later, you can feel free to Go ahead. Shut me up. But Shut up. Like it, it, there was a little bit of worry that like the mob was involved. Oh yeah. With this scam and that Uncle Jerry was a part of the mob or had mob connections in his family. And therefore, I think that there was a lot of scare tactics used when recruiting these people of like, look, you're either going to pay up your percentage or we're going to, you know, knock your kneecaps off or something like that. Yeah, I mean... (laughs) There are a variety of stories, and I think as you watch the documentary, you get the feeling that some people are making things up, and that's, or or there's just question of like what is the truth. But yes, there is. There was clearly some connection, or at least some implied connection to the mob. Um, you know, yes. Um, Kyle, would you mind please describing how one might knock off someone's kneecaps? <laughs> Well, you take a crowbar, okay, and you smack the kneecap, and that would knock them off. That wouldn't just shatter them, though, until it disconnects from the rest of the body, and then you've knocked the kneecap off. And how would you get the kneecap through the skin in order to fully come off? Scissors. Um, All right, moving. Scissors on. I'm just saying to basically you you're you're gonna chop somebody's leg off, but you know above the it's kneecap. the the phrase is like break a kneecap. Yeah, it is. Okay, I know. Uh huh. Okay. Of course you do. That's why you said knock someone's kneecap <laughs> off because you knew the correct answer. I liked it. It was new. It was fresh. I couldn't remember. I couldn't think of the phrase. In it the made moment. me visualize cutting off kneecaps. So that was God. Great. What an idiot! You can't remember things. <laughs> This is a reference to the fraud triangle because uh-huh, I didn't uh-huh. remember that just to make sure okay. that, that was some yeah. self-deprecating humor, guys. It was it was rough. Um, OK, so we're going to move on. So an interesting move made by Jerry at one point after he had been doing this for a while was that he sent one of the one million dollar pieces in the mail anonymously to an organization. I'll start with Britain. Do you know what organization that is? The World Health Organization. Nope. Kyle, do you remember? Don't off the top of my head. Okay. It was to St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Oh, yes. So right. he sent it anonymously in an envelope. Um, and of course, this served as a way to make it appear that like random people were winning and doing different things with them. Um, and it also, Jerry admitted at one point that sending the piece there partially was because he hoped that it would decrease his sentence if you were ever to be caught and um, taken to court. Also, it's great for the news. Yes. Like the news is going to pick this up and they're going to make yep. more popularity monopoly game totally and if i remember right like the stipulations of the monopoly rules were that you can't transfer an ownership of a piece from person to person so like saint jude couldn't actually redeem the piece for a million dollars no but the mcdonald's corporation donated a million dollars to saint jude as a like yes act of goodwill yeah because they had yeah so they did 
Um, they did get a million dollars. So Jerry attempted and his the people he was working with to have the claiming of prizes be done in different states. However, they just seem to have like not gotten it together in terms of doing that. This one man operation wasn't well run. <laughs> no, it was like a it was like a 50 man operation by the end of it. Oh. Um it was a lot of people and a lot of people would like be involved and brought in and like win a piece and then they would find out what was happening and then they would bring in more people so that they could win more money like it became kind of pyramid schemey um and so because of that jerry lived in georgia and so a lot of the people that he knew like his butcher lived in georgia and so a lot of big tickets were being claimed there and so there started to be some like speculation about that and then there were also a lot of tickets being won in florida which obviously is not far from georgia and it also happened to be where jerry used to live so there was a phase where they would choose people who lived like in georgia but then ha- like give them the ticket and then have them go claim it in another state, like drive to another state and claim it and then come back. Um, so obviously, once the FBI started to get um, some tips that like, you know, there's all these winners in Georgia and they seem to be connected and several were related, like there were three in one family. It wasn't hard for them to track down like, oh, this person said they won in, say it was Mississippi. I don't have an exact example. But then you would go look up like they own a house in Georgia and that's where they pay taxes. And it wasn't hard to figure out once they sort of started to look into it. The IRS is going to get you. Yep. We said this in episode one. They're going to get (laughs) you. We did. They are going to get you. Um, I think there was even something in the documentary where like the FBI ran statistics on like the idea that you know in one family three different people would have won these huge tickets and like the odds of that happening are astronomical given if this was actually like a well distributed system and so they were clearly like something's wrong here yeah absolutely they were saying that it was less than one in a million that you would win ever so for like three to be in one family nonetheless like 15 to be in one city was just yeah. A lot. So they did get some formal tips um, from various people like, oh, something might be going on. Oh, this guy Jerry might be involved. And so the FBI eventually connected Jerry and, the, and let the McDonald's Corporation know. However, they convinced McDonald's to run one more Monopoly promotion in the year 2001 in order to further find out all of the people who were involved. So the IRS was like, all right, we're like pretty F- good. F- FBI. FBI. Yep. FBI. It used to be the FBI. It's never been the IRS. Well, that takes away what I said earlier. Yep. <laughs> I think maybe you said IRS once. I feel like that's. Anyway, the FBI was like, okay, we got 90%. We're pretty sure we need that one last string on the dartboard yeah, that we have like... to connect all the map together. Yeah, I I think that um, I I don't know exactly how much information they had about Jerry at that point. Like they were pretty sure he was involved because of his um, high level up at um, 
what's it called at a marketing Simon marketing um and that it was his hometown and like some of them were related to him and some of them were related to his wife's family and like all this stuff um but they wanted to find out who else was involved because they wanted to know um you know were people at the mcdonald's corporation involved were people at individual restaurants involved those sorts of things yeah, if I remember right, like they knew that it was probably Jerry involved, but they didn't exactly know how he was doing it. And so they didn't know if he had like recruited people from McDonald's or, or somehow connected people into this in order to enable the schemes. Excellent, excellent repetition. All right, so they ran, yes. All through this time, did he always have a female auditor that wouldn't go into the bathroom? I guess so. That's what so, that's yeah. what everything seems to say is that like it was the same person cuz they inter- oh, okay. I believe they interviewed her in the documentary. Gotcha. It also does make sense that like even if you had a male auditor, this is speculation, we don't know that he had one at any point. Um that like if he was like, "Oh, I'm going to go into this stall for a minute," that like somebody wouldn't have followed him necessarily in there. Yeah, my mind went to um, auditing rules of big corporations because of the Enron scandal and uh-huh. every three to four years you have to rotate independent auditors to make right. sure that you don't have collaboration there. When did that happen? It would have been after before the, I don't know but regardless. Enron was the 80s right? Yeah but okay. this isn't a corporation books this is someone walking with him just to make sure he doesn't tamper with it so i'm sure that they weren't like oh we need to keep switching this person up yeah no totally i mean it's very interesting that they're and maybe you know there are probably days she like called in sick or whatever or had vacation and maybe he just didn't do it those days you know maybe he was smart about it in that way Actually, Enron declared bankruptcy on December 2nd, 2001. So actually... Right around this time. Rules hadn't changed. Yeah. They've been right around this time. Okay. So McDonald's agreed that they had to be convinced by the FBI to run one more. They knew that there were a lot of like legal risks of knowingly running a fraudulent promotional. The FBI essentially said like they would back them as they had to deal with that. During this time, as they were running this, the FBI filmed a fake promotional video bringing back past winners who seemed to be suspicious and connected from Georgia, related, all these different things. And in this promotional video, you know, did the usual like, how did you win? Where were you? What did you feel? All this stuff. In a lot of ways, this actually revealed many plot holes in their stories or changed details from when they first won. It's hard to remember something uh, that you made up five years before if it wasn't actually like, you know, the life changing event that you pretended that it was. The FBI then requested that McDonald's delay sending out the winnings that year. After people had claimed tickets, they had them wait to send out the money, which caused those who were involved in the scam to panic and ended up talking about it over the phone to each other. And the FBI was able to hear that because they had wiretapped people and through those interviews with all the various people had been able to connect um, more and more people who had been involved 
and then were able to hear them talk about it as they panicked, thinking that McDonald's had caught on. This is interesting. And another another fact that just ran through my brain that I wonder if help, helped them catch people. If you win money in any sort of form, especially like Monopoly, you have yeah. to include that on your taxes. Uh-huh. But then the people earning the money are going to have to pay taxes on the money, but then they're giving it to this other guy. They had to end up paying a lot more than just the amount to Uncle Jerry. They also had to pay a lot more in taxes. Yeah, I believe that was even covered in the documentary as well, where like a couple of people were like, look, I didn't really even want to be involved in this. And like, then I had to pay taxes and then I had to pay Uncle Jerry. And like some of the winners, I think, ended up even like filing bankruptcy after the whole situation happened because they didn't actually get any of those winnings. There is a tax rule where you do have to pay taxes on income from a fraudulent business. Oh, interesting. So if you're running a business fraudulently, so like if you're selling cocaine and stuff, you have to pay taxes on the income that you make. Cocaine and stuff. Fascinating. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, that is true. Most people deal with that in cash though, right? So that way you don't have to, you don't like have, I mean, mean, you should declare but the, that is yeah. one of the ways no, that they then can add to your charges if you get arrested for selling right. drugs. You also were um, most likely doing tax fraud. Correct. Drug dealers are not putting that they are cocaine dealers <laughs> on their 1040s. <laughs> Weird. As W-2 so income. Odd. All right. Uh, so in the end, eight people were arrested initially and then 51 were indicted. Jerry himself was sentenced to three years in prison and uh, ordered to pay back $12.5 million, which, if you remember, is about half of what um, overall was stolen. So McDonald's and Simon Marketing cut ties real quick after that, and then both sued each other for uh, lots of things, Uh, eventually settling out of court. My favorite lawsuit that I saw, though, is that Burger King sued McDonald's for running the promotion while they knew it was fraudulent. Whoa. Because they were, like, you know, bringing in all these people. And I am i wouldn't be surprised if Burger King's numbers dropped when McDonald's was doing this promotion. Right. But they knew it was fraudulent. Eventually, Burger King did drop the suit. But I think that was, it's just really interesting and probably a way that they were trying to damage McDonald's image. Speaking of, McDonald's had to do a big campaign to win back public trust, and they ended up giving away um, $25 million in prizes that year, doing various kinds of drawings and random branches and all sorts of stuff like that, essentially like a Monopoly game the way it should have worked originally. Right. Now, they ran their last um, Monopoly promotional in the U.S. in 2016, which is way later than I thought it was going to be. But they've been far smaller. They haven't always been national um, the way they used to be. But they continue to run it around the world. And they run it. They ran it recently in England. And one of the... Uh, 
I should have looked it up. I, I, someone in the government was like, this is bad for everyone's health. And McDonald's was like, yeah, but you can get tickets on salads or apples. So like, it's up to you what, um, how healthy you are. And that's what we're all about, choice. Yeah, it's your choice if you want to be obese. Accurate. We have nothing to do with that. No, no. We're just going to uh... give you prizes and free money. Yeah. All right, so due to interest in this story, counts as you interrupting me if you clap during the middle of me talking. Children. It is after five minutes. We are allowed to interrupt <laughs> you all we no. want. All right, due to interest in this story, partially by the McMillions documentary, there is a movies in the works, supposedly. Um, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck bought the rights to it. Um, and it initially came out reported that Matt Damon would act in it and that, um, Ben would direct it. Further details have not been announced. And of course a pandemic happened. So who knew, who knows where that will go next, but potentially we will have a drama in the future about this fun tale. Good ticket hunting. (laughs) Excellent name. Just name everything the same thing. I could definitely see that working with the two of them because I could just see like the hard Boston accents coming out as they're talking to Uncle Jerry and the mob and all that. Like that's 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 good stuff. Hey, we got to get the monopoly. (laughs) (laughs) I think we should have a podcast rule that we don't allow accents. All right. We're going to move on, children, to real or not. And on this version of real or not, we are talking about whether or not something is a real food that McDonald's served at some point. Is this just in the U.S. or around the world? I believe all of these were the U.S. I tried really hard. I know most of them were. Okay, or at least in the U.S. and maybe other places. All right, the first one is the McLobster, which was a lobster roll. Real or not? That is real. That is real. It is real. Um, It was served in Maine. Yeah, served in Maine and Canada. Not popular in the U.S., but it is still served in parts of Canada. I I know that one is real because Casey Neistat made a YouTube video where they they had a small promotion in New York. and. He ate it on a YouTube video. You know, it it looked real gross in the picture, but I'm not going to lie. I would probably buy that. The hula burger, where instead of a bun, they replaced it with grilled pineapple. I think this is true. I think this is a nah. I think that's another fast food chain that did that. It is real. McDonald's did oh, that. Oh, there you go. All right. The garden burger no on which they put just a wild amount of veggies in an attempt to win over healthy people no that's a nah that's a nah well done (laughs) there's no way they would do healthy (laughs) (laughs) the second you said garden i was like there is no way this is true (laughs) all right the next one is the mcafrica a beef and veggie pita sandwich i'm gonna go nah i'm gonna go nah no, it was real, and they mm. put it out during um, a time when there were several famines going on in Africa and received such harsh backlash that they had to pull it from the menu and issue a public apology for the nonsense that is calling something a McAfrica. And, yeah, good. Um, yeah, get it together, McDonald's. All right. The... McCoke burger, which was seasoned with Coke 
in the preparation of the burgers. Wow, I just really love this burger. This is the best burger ever. We should buy all the burgers. <laughs> How many burgers do you want? <laughs> A lot of cocaine humor on this episode. I didn't mean cocaine. I meant Coca-Cola. Children. Real or no? I'm going to say no. Was this in the 80s? I'm going to say real. No, it's fake. Okay. Ah. All right. The McHot Dog. Real. Sounds like something they would do in the 80s at some point. I'll say real. It is real. Mm. All right. Friends. Our sources for today were Reader's Digest, CNBC, The New York Times, and Vulture. First one I've done without Wikipedia. What? What? Look at wow. us. Wow. But also, why would you put yourself through that? Because I wanted to raise our standards just like 4%, and then you made 17 cocaine jokes. So here <laughs> we are. Yep. This is just where we're at in our lives. I don't yep. know what that means. Now, now, I have something to say. Go ahead. We are going to move to the next section without anyone saying the title in a weird voice. Rapid trivia time. Do it. Rapid trivia. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of growing on me. I tried. I tried, dear listener. I tried. It's my running bit. It's my one bit. It's his one humorous time he has in the is, podcast. Is, is <laughs> it's his one chance one to be bit? funny. I would like to list off your bits. Bit number one, you never prepare. That's also true. <laughs> bit number two, the whenever- but the listener doesn't know that. Yes. Oh, we talk about it all the time. Yeah, we really That's do. True. Bit number two, when you say someone's name after they say a name. Uh-huh. Oh, you mean like- Uncle Jerry. Yeah. 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 And then you have this one. So you got three. There you go. There's You're also useful. the bit where Britton and I have told you to stop clapping mid-episode because it's hard to edit around and you're always like. There's also the bit that it's kind of a joint bit where we interrupt oh. Becky back that's and true. forth as often as possible. Yeah, that's a good That's a good bit. All right. Can we move on? <laughs> Rapid trivia. <laughs> Jesus, be offense. Let's go. Today, All right. Go ahead. Brittany. No, Kyle, you talk. Funny, but you go ahead. Okay. Today for rapid trivia, we are doing British actors, actresses. Yeah. Is that also what yours is? I don't know what you're, yeah, you're doing. M- mine is I specifically did Doctor Who actors and actresses. Okay. And I just did generic yeah british people yeah okay why don't you go first uh okay number one. Oh, hold on i gotta reformat that there we go number one in what episode did Four. doctor who actor peter capaldi appear in prior to becoming the 12th doctor he showed up on i don't know the episode title but it was about pompeii and it was with Donna Noble and David Tennant or Catherine Tate. And he played the dad of the family that they helped save. Yeah, I'm going to give that to you. The episode is called The Fires of Pompeii. But uh, I think you, you definitely uh, you hit all of the, the knowledge there. I'll give that one to you. All right. 
all of my questions, I'm going to give you TV shows or movies that they have appeared in, and then you try and guess it, and I'm just going to keep listing off movies until the last one is pretty obvious, so hopefully you'll get it by then. But if you get it beforehand, jump in. All right, question one. DuckTales, Good Omens. Oh, I mean, it's David Tennant. There you go. Uh, (laughs) This ruins one of my questions for later. (laughs) I figured we would have one. All right, your question. Number two. In what Marvel Cinematic Universe movie did Doctor Who actor Christopher Eccleston, the ninth Doctor, play the villain in? I'm going to go, was he Ultron in Age of Ultron? He was not. That was James Spader. Oh. From The Blacklist and lots of other movies. Christopher Eccleston was... Uh, I'm forgetting his character's name, but I'm going to have to Google that real quick. But he was in Thor the Dark Thor. The Dark Thor? What? Yeah, it's it, it's actually the Dark World. Okay, I was going to um, say, I was like, that's not a movie. But the the movie is... But, you know, I'm calling it the Dark Thor because he's, he's real dark in the whole thing. Uh, Malaketh. Malaketh is his character's name. Gotcha. All right, question two. Die Hard, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Galaxy Quest... Sweeney Todd, Harry Potter. Um, so it's Severus Snape is who you're going for. If he can't get it, I got it. And the name of that actor is... Alan Rickman. He... Yeah, Alan Rickman. That is correct. I, I, I wasn't going to get there. We're, we're a couple. It counts. No, it doesn't. Wow, such emotion. <gasps> All right. Number five. Nope, that's not how numbers work. Oh. Yes, it is. Well, because I was just going like one, two, three, four, five. Right, but wouldn't we trade back and forth? Yes, but this is your third question that you're asking me. Yes, but it's the fifth question overall. Well, that's not how we number them. Yeah, you number right. your it's not own. how numbers work. All right, fine. I, I got to change my numbering system. <sighs> Because, you know, you can't remember that. You have to make sure you change it on the Google Doc. Yeah. Um, number three. Karen Gillian, who played the 11th Doctor's companion. Nebula. Uh, good, good jump. Well done. <laughs> so do you want to finish the question? <laughs> the question was placed, which character in Guardians of the Galaxy? And yes, sure enough, she plays Nebula. She also is in a bunch of other MCU movies, but. All right, question three. Fight Club, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Wallace and Gromit, Corpse Bride, Sweeney Todd, Johnny Depp, Alice in Wonderland, Harry Potter. Johnny Depp is not in um, the first one. Sweeney Todd, oh, oh, uh, Helena Bottom Carter. That's correct. Ah, there we go. After all seven of the ones I listed. Yeah, I was really tripped up by Fight Club and Harry Potter and was like, who the heck is in both of yeah. those? Like I said, you should be able to get all of these by the end. Number four. Um, you're going to know this because you covered it earlier. So this is just going to be a freebie. Unless you want me to David Tennant. another question. Yeah, there you go. No, keep going. Um, well, actually, you're not. Well, that's actually not the answer. Okay. What classic cartoon character does the 10th Doctor, David Tennant, voice? Uh, he's in DuckTales. What's the character? Uh, Scrooge. Yeah, Scrooge McDuck. All right, number four. Monsters vs. Aliens, Stuart Little, Black Adder, 
Jeeves and Wooster house. What? <laughs> I know like one of those movies. Okay. Wait, what? Is his name Hugh Grant? It is not Hugh Grant. It is Hugh Laurie. Uh, okay. You get half points. No. Thanks. I don't. Not when not, we're tied. You're not giving out the points I'm giving out, Britton. Okay, fine. Half point. You're uninvolved. All right, number five. What role did Billy Piper play in Doctor Who? Rose. And you have to name her, her. Yeah, that's her character's name. You also have to name the companion she was companion to. She was with Christopher Eggleston and David Tennant. That's correct. All right, question five. Black Adder, Scooby-Doo, The Lion King, Johnny English, Mr. Bean. Oh, what's his name? Rowan Atkinson. That is correct. Yes. All right. There you go. Good job. You won by a technical half point that doesn't really count, but whatever. Really? How did I win by a technical half point? You got all of my answers correct. I am the winner of today's... Rapid trivia. <sighs> Do not check the stats. Oh my gosh. Uh, that was good. Well, that this has been rapid trivia. <laughs> Join us next week for our final episode of the season. Again, we will be having rapid trivia mini episodes out after that, but it will be our final grand finale. I've been planning a lot of things for it, so it's going to really... Bring the whole season together. I might text you about a thing that I also might want to do during that episode, but I don't know if it works in with the things that you want to do in that episode, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm going to say yes. Fair enough. It's in then. Kay. It's happening. It's happening. Yeah. I don't even have to prepare for it. That's how That's how we know it's actually going to happen. Yeah. Oh, okay. My word. All right. Bye. 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 Becky? Hi. Bex? End the episode. Bye, Adam. Thank you. All right, there we go. All right. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Pod Trivia. Uh, if you want to reach out to us and ask us questions or maybe uh, suggest future trivia questions, please email us, podtriviacast at gmail.com. To find out more information about future episodes or contact us on social media, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at PodTriviaCast. If you like our show, head over to Apple or Google Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. We might just read it on the air. If you don't like our show, don't give us a review. (laughs) But give us those five stars and let us know. It really helps. All right. Thanks so much for listening.